welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 66. His number is 666. Woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil brings the beast with wrath, for he knows his time is short. Let him who hath understanding reckon... Sorry, it's hard. Anytime you get sixes in there, you uh, I get carried away. That, of course, from the opening words. Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden, for you kids out there. I know we have a young audience. I'm very, very excited to have you along. And as we always like to remind you here at the top of the show, please rate, review, leave a comment, leave a comment. Share, download, tell a friend. Here on the Soccer OG, that today in the business end, we will be joined by Brian Sharetta of American Soccer Now. We talk about Americans abroad, how exciting it is to unearth the next young American star and see their progress. It's always good to see it first. And Brian is usually one of the guys who identifies it at a very early stage. We'll talk about the role of Major League Soccer. We will talk about in developing players. And we'll also see, uh, should we be worried about the fact that the U.S. players abroad are having a rough patch right now? That said, check out the Soccer YouTube under my name, Max Soccer OG YouTube under my name, Max Bretos, for more on that. In stoppage time, we'll have a look as the European leagues start to wrap up. Some of the stories to keep an eye on. And here we go. Another episode of the Soccer OG. We did it again. Let's go. We are off and running. You're going to enjoy. You're always going to enjoy. When I get off the interviews with the folks that I have on the show, they always tell me, that was really cool. Because it's a conversation. I'm hoping that you're getting something different in this soccer podcast that you can't get in other ones. Where we are having a chat, you're in the room with us, and participating, so to speak. So, uh, you know, Brian was one of the early ones with his American abroad moniker. And we all talk about it. And as I tell him, when I talk about Americans abroad, it, it gets me traffic. Just like it does on my Soccer OG on YouTube. Where, new episode... Monday morning, you can check it out. Check out the old episodes. Let's get let's get the old episodes that you may have missed. Watch them again or watch them for the first time. I will be talking about why a Winter World Cup is looking like a blessing for the U.S. men's national team. That is on the Soccer OG under YouTube, Max Barretos. And check out all the Soccer OG podcasts here. I, I As I've mentioned in the past, I notice a lot of folks checking out old podcasts and reaching out to me and making a comment about what happened on one that I did four months ago, five months ago. I love that, that you would take your time to listen to something that may be a little dated, but the conversation we have is evergreen. So appreciate that. And just as what I was talking about, it's not a good run for the U.S. right now. Injuries, guys losing starting spots, guys not getting any minutes. I mean, the, look at the goalkeeper situation. Zach Steffen's a backup. Matt Turner's injured, will be a backup. Ethan Horvath is a backup. Gaga Slonina, the guy that I was singing his praises, he got shelled this weekend. Nobody's scoring up front. The Ricardo Pepe situation is dire. He hasn't scored a goal since September for club. He's not getting off the bench. Um, some of the young players aren't developing. Justin Che's not playing. Kevin Paredes isn't playing. And Gio Reyna's injured. Weston McKinney might come back. So it's it's rough, but we'll break that down and kind of look where hope is. Because there will be there will be a, a pivot back upwards. Just like Christian Pulisic, who scored, came off the bench, hasn't played a lot, came off the bench and scored the game winner for Chelsea in stoppage time. The thing with Christian Pulisic that I think we have to live with is he is an up and down player. The consistency is not there. It's never been there. It's never been there. I just hope it hits at the right time. Even on the national team, he hasn't blown us away. Uh, I feel very safe with him. You always play him. We've got to use him in, in, in a better way where he's effective. But, you know, these wild swings in his career are, I don't know. Just, I wish it was a little more flatlining, kind of, so to speak. But that's a situation we got to keep tabs on. So we'll talk more about that on the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Uh, we talked with Brian about MLS. Great weekend in Major League Soccer. Great weekend. There is some good games, good performances. There's the cream rising to the top. There is 
some of the young players that have come over are starting to show off their stuff. Some really cool, unexpected stories like Austin FC and uh, New York City FC just pouring in goals after they got knocked out of the CONCACAF Champions League. The CONCACAF Champions League, it's taken a toll on all the teams that were in there. New England, New York City, Seattle, Montreal, uh, Colorado was out so early, but I mean, all these teams, Seattle's is not good in Major League Soccer, but I like the fact that clearly they said, we are going to win the CCL. They have the first leg this week coming up. It is the best chance for a U.S. team. If you're not a Sounders fan, I'm a, I work for LAFC, but I will be pulling for the Sounders 100%. If you're a Timbers fan, you should be pulling for the Sounders. I'm, not, I'm sure not all of you will. If the Galaxy were in there, I'd pull for them. It's important that an MLS team wins this, and we can't let this one go because this one, this is all you could have. You get the strongest L, uh, MLS team against a Liga MX team that is not, uh, let's just say, elite. That is a hardworking team that's done very well to get here, but not someone that's going to scare anybody, right? So that's another, this is a big spot. MLS is got their, their next pro league going. Good young players that you'll see here before, and we'll talk about Brian. That you don't have to look at Europe. The, the number of players in Europe is coming down because they can get a, they can get work here in the U.S. If you're American, that's what you want to do. You don't want to go to Germany at 17. You don't want to be far away from home, out of your comfort zone. I know I didn't when you were 17 or 16. That's the last thing you wanted. If you could do it in your backyard, look, NBA. These guys don't want these European guys and South American guys. They don't want to come away from home. Giannis Antetokounmpo leaving Greece to come and play in Milwaukee as a kid. You don't want that. You want to be where you're comfortable. So MLS is staking out a role. We're awaiting the uh, MLS media announcement. That should hopefully be coming soon, and we'll take it from there. We will get to the interview here with Brian Sharetta in the business end, and stick around for stoppage time as we talk about some of the things happening in Europe that you need to keep an eye on. The show must go on. Soccer OG and a true OG is joining me. One of the guys who is doing what he does from the beginning. One of the guys, it's really from the source. Brian Sharetta of America Soccer Now, also with the New York Times and Soccer America. And are you are you on the faculty at Georgetown because that email handle? No, I'm just an alum, but I do work for him sometimes. On, on That's got that gives you a lot of clout with that Georgetown <laughs> there. You know, it's oh man, it's a nice touch basketball team and not so much but <laughs> oh and 19 in the big east Wait, is, is ewing still there or do they finally cut ties well, they can't get rid of him because they didn't include a buyout in his contract oh, no. extension and then they so, made the tournament the one year and everyone's like yeah we're back and then thud he had good he had a, he's had a good four days and in, in his career his coaching career and it's you know and it stinks it's like i'm always wary about whenever teams of any sport hire a legend um because then then you can't get rid of them you know and it's like and then it becomes an emotional thing and then you end up keeping them for two seasons too long um before you can get rid of them you know it's it's in any sport it's hiring legends is just is a sticky situation i I never like it if if it makes you feel any better i work with danny mihalik who's Giannis's son and he went to depaul so it's even more bleak there when it comes to a former big basketball power and georgetown i i didn't expect us to talk start talking about this brian but georgetown was one of these those schools that lured people into being college basketball fans including myself it was a culture you know it was you know they had people just watching who didn't even like basketball you know and and I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but I mean, Georgetown, I mean, I, I got attached to it when I went to Georgetown, but I mean, oh, but man, look what he had uh, Ewing Matumbo was Georgetown, right? Matumbo Iverson morning. Um, morning uh, I mean, you could just go down the list. Uh, I mean, morning and Iverson are two of the 50 coolest basketball players to ever play. Maybe 40. Oh, Allen Iverson's probably top five. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, and, you know, and it's and just John Thompson was a, John Thompson was a, was like the legend, you know. And then they hire his son, and he was there probably, yeah, that's the thing. and that's it's another like, legend, it's, it's, it so to speak. Like a, it's a Georgetown basketball is a family business. It's like <laughs> it's, 
it's like the mob. No, it is. It's like you had Ewing for Ewing was Ewing was there since the seventies. Then you had his assistant. Then you had his son, and then you have his pseudo son and Ewing. And Ewing, and it's, and, you know, it's just ah oh, man. Well, well we won't we won't dwell, but hopefully they come yeah. back because those uniforms are great. Those colors, the the nickname, the Hoyas is fantastic. But I want to. I mean, look before we move forward. I actually because when I'm on watch, I follow you on Twitter, and I get so informed with. Uh, as we've talked about following American players abroad in particular, and it's a job now where you can't just watch Christian Pulisic at Chelsea and Weston McKinney oh. at Juventus. You got to watch guys in the Belgian league, the Swiss league, yeah. the Slovakian league, the Brazilian league. It's everywhere. So, um, but before we get into that, I, I would have to say, because uh, I found out now as we were talking off air that you are a, a musician of some ilk with a, a collection of guitars. And I, I saw you when you're tweeting so much about Americans Abroad, you slipped in a tweet that you were at a fish show. Yeah. How many fish shows have you been to? Oh boy, uh, I gotta be in pushing 40. Wow. You know? Um, That's right. I've been to one and I don't know yeah. any fish music, but someone kept saying, go see a show. So I went to one of the shows at Dick's Sporting Goods Park in, in Colorado, just yeah. outside oh, of Denver oh, where yeah. the Rapids oh, that, play. Those are good shows. Those are always around Labor Day. Um, yeah, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I right. mean, there's so much stimulation, not just the music, which is very well played. Yeah. But the people are, it's... it's I mean, there, there, there's a million different things. Like, like, like you know, you... Um, like, they, they, there's, a, there's so many different songs and people know the ins and outs and the histories of these songs and they know, they know when the song is generating in jams and where it's going to and stuff. And it's like, it's like everyone's kind of in unison and locked in. It's... it's um, you know, no, and it's it's a song. You know, it's so different where people just go to like other concerts to hear songs that they know on the radio, and it's like here, you know, it's just something this band has built up all for themselves, independent of like of um, of manufactured uh, typical things that are manufactured. You know, they weren't created by the by the radio. They weren't created by you know um, outside influences. It's something that they just built all internally, and and that's that's the phenomenon, unlike anything else. Well, but they um, couldn't have ever just, imagined as they went about that route that it could have been as big as it is because they sell out show after show. They, I mean, if they had a big event, yeah. they wanted to sell. If they want to go to SoFi Stadium in eighty ninety thousand, they could book that pretty easily. That's just the following they have. If they yeah, they could they, they fill up huge crowds, particularly here on the East Coast. Um, you know, it, it's like you can't print tickets enough and you know, it, it, what it's a funny machine. That's amazing. It's unbelievable. It's um and and the and Paige McConnell um grew up two houses down from where I'm doing this recording, you know, they're piano players. So it's a, you know, they're they're all real East Coast guys and and they all came from successful families, you know, inside like like, you know, they probably had a lot of pressure on them to do stuff outside of taking a big risk to go into music. I mean, you know, Paige's dad was on the was on the J&J team that, that did Tylenol and the MRI. I mean, how successful is that? <laughs> That's great. And they pivoted. They pivoted beautifully. But it, it, not only are they successful for themselves. So I stayed in Denver with my friends and then all around downtown. Everyone's there for the fish show. So hotels right. being booked, bars are being filled, restaurants are, are, are booked. So the city must love fish yeah. wherever they go because it's it brings so it's so much money. It's like bringing the Olympics to your yeah. city. And it's funny is it's like they're all a lot, a lot of fish heads are like successful people. You can yeah. walk into like they have money in their pocket, like a, and now they have money to spend. It's like you can walk into like a law firm and like find out like two of the lawyers at the law firm were at like a fish show the night before. It's like I've, you know, it's you know it's um it, it's really cool. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really something it's music in it's most pure form it's not like, it's just, it's just, it's something that they created themselves. And it's not just like, you know, let's like a bunch of record executives say, okay, this is our next band. We're just going to overplay them on the radio yeah. and get them big. And Well, know. that's the, uh, I've spoken to some people on the blockchain with this whole new technology and about getting musicians so that they can control the streams of income, which makes all the sense in the world where they don't have to right. sell their music to these executives or these agents where right. they can control it, where, if, whether they want to sell an autographed photo or they want to sell some uh, memorabilia, that a, a ticket stub. Like if you yeah. had a ticket stub from two, the Grateful Dead in 1977 here and wherever, that's got value and they should be able to have the- uh, right. Their fingertips yeah. on that. Yeah, I think it's still tough to, you know, mu you know, having a radio more popular and, and CDs and hard albums probably makes it a little easier, you know, to um, 
Yeah, I think when you have more music now than you do available to people, it's almost less is more because now everyone kind of goes off into their own path and listens to anything, and listens to what they want to listen to. I don't think you have like music that captivates a generation too. Um, so it's finding that balance. Like you don't have a dark side of the moon album waiting to come out that's going to like, that's just going to captivate like all the young people of a generation. It's like, it, it's good because the, the whole getting your word out there is not because everyone's listening to hundreds of different of things right now. It's, it's tough, but you know, it, it, so it's good for musicians because they have other avenues, but it's tough to stand out. You know, sure. um, do, you, do you have any show that you're excited about coming up? Oh, I'm seeing McCartney again. Um, Paul, <laughs> Paul McCartney. Where's again. he playing? Uh, MetLife Stadium. Of course. Um, I mean, the big, I mean, he plays the Dodger yeah, Stadium. Three days before his 80th birthday. Unbelievable. I have a craft work coming up in 3D, and I also have uh, this band called Big Thief. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. So I, we both like going seeing live music. So oh, but this sure. is, but I think we've scared away the soccer crowd as we've talked yeah. these hoops. We don't have the diehards remaining. So let's get it. Let's get into it. Um, and let's uh, look. It's it's you're you're a very important follow Brian Sharetta, S C I A R E T T I. If you don't know, follow hey. him. Hey. Roll out. Yeah. Which one did I miss up? Yeah, you, you said I A. No, you said yeah, I think you said S C I A T T I. Oh, so T T A, sorry. Yeah. Brian okay. Sharetta, not Sharetti. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you haven't, it's because the American abroad's phenomenon is and I've delved into it and I started doing this YouTube and I started doing this soccer OG and we talk about Americans abroad, and it's the one thing that gets traffic for me. Because people are really into following it. And everyone wants to yeah. unearth the next Christian Pulisic and say, I saw this guy. And it's it's very satisfying once you yeah. see that. And there's a guy developing, say, uh, let's think of an example. Let's say Kevin Paredes, who was at DC United, or Justin right. Che. You see him developing, and then he's in Europe. And you're like, oh, I got to see him. And then you right. feel wiser to the world. So I... How did you start getting into that, and why? Why is it that you enjoy it so much? Yeah, I mean, look, I I, I never was part of this. I think contrived um, uh, war that people on Twitter only exists. I think on Twitter, where you have people who are Americans abroad fans and MLS fans and stuff like. That. I mean, I always figured they had to kind of work in unison to make all of American soccer work, and you know, and I always viewed that American soccer is more than just national teams. It's a culture. It's it's caring about clubs not just individual players um you know and 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 looking at them you know some people just follow them like club soccer as a vehicle for the national team it's almost like they follow these players as like a stock watch for like the national team okay oh he played well this weekend his stock is up p fox scored again his stock is up or he hasn't sergeant injured he hasn't scored in ages like his stock is down you know it's 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 more or less about caring about results and teams and you know, and you know, and then the national team stuff will will hopefully fall where it will. Um, but yeah, I always found it interesting to see how we, the whole culture was going to improve and how you were going to link MLS and the abroad side together. Um, you know, you couldn't just have like a bunch of kids just trying to, and you don't see this as much anymore. You know, there's a number of more Americans abroad people think, but it's actually gone down overall because you don't see as many kids leaving at like 16, 17, trying to break into like ML, like academies and climb up through like the U19 Bundesliga and the U20 Bundesliga and then or U23 league and then into ah. the first team. So and those guys, there's less of them abroad because they're, they're coming to MLS yeah, instead of going to that process. So you're only seeing like, there's more now in the top tiers first team things, but like now more people are saying, you know, I got to get that homegrown contract uh, here in MLS team and stand out and then try to make, Get, get abroad now so you chances you know you're going to see more people that like you mentioned like the kevin paredes types then you're going to see like guys who just went abroad um at a very young age uh like christian pulisic um haji right luca de la torre those guys are now in like their early mid-20s now you're not going to see as many teenagers coming up through that roots i mean tim way is a little bit of an exception because he had phenomenal uh contacts in the game uh based on you know, obviously who his father was and, and, and he had unbelievable name recognition, but generally a run of the mill American kid um, is going to start off here and then use that as a vehicle to, to get abroad. And, and then on top of it too, you're going to see 
probably less national team players coming from the middling European leagues um, as MLS improves. You know, MLS is good. We don't need to, no middling leagues. Yeah, I don't know a better wide better thing Stunt to our talk development. About it, a better term to talk about it, but it's like, you know, you know, it's as MLS improves, you know, it's not gonna be it's not in the top big five in Europe, but you know, used to be like Alejandro Bedoya would get like a call up by playing with Arevo in, in Sweden. And now it's like the only Americans playing in some of those leagues are guys who couldn't get deals over here um in MLS. So it's it, it's it, it, you know the, the ebbs and flows of of how it all comes together um is pretty interesting and then you just get guys who go abroad because they're not good enough for the national team but they just want to see the world um and yeah. have a career at it with that and that's that's certainly something i can i can understand too and have some sympathetic with as well um but you know it, it, it's it, there's always a story to tell there's always um just phenomenal um you know in, in personal stories too on top of how it all comes together it's it's so big um, the world of soccer, um, you know, and how it all fits together and how you have all these leagues. It's kind of interesting to tell it, but you know, I'm not one of these guys who tries to really separate MLS from uh, abroad because, you know, if we're going to get to where we want to go, um, you need the league here to be as good as it can be and kind of work, you know, buy and sell and take place in a common market for players. But the development has to really start here. Um, well, you know, let me ask, let's, let's talk about that because, and it's good to hear that the MLS is is more involved or whatever it is. If it's USL yeah. or uh, these academies, maybe it's, the you know, you know, guys like a Matthew Hoppy who went to the Barcelona Academy in Arizona and he kind of right. went there. But it starts here in the U.S. Yeah. And it is, uh, you know, we've we took talked a little bit off air and there is and, and, and you, you calm me down by saying that this sort of thing is, is starting to diminish where there's like this MLS uh, hate. Too, too strong of a word, but I don't watch yeah. MLS. I want, we need our players developed in Europe. We need them to come over there where they can get the best coaching, et cetera. But yeah. it, that doesn't happen in a flick of a switch. No. And if you're a young American player that mm -hmm. are into soccer, but many of them are also into baseball or basketball or some other sports, if you're into it, you need to see a path. And if it's close to home yeah. and you can say what this MLS pro next league or where they're you're going to get money, not a lot, but you're going to start the process of being professional and that's closer to you. That's going to get more guys to stay in the sport. And that's the, one of those yeah. eureka moments, right? When we talk about development in the United States. Yeah. I, I think people are starting to get a good grasp as to, you know, how difficult it is to rise up through an Academy to the first team in Europe as a foreigner. Um, you know, a lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with quality. It's, it's, um, you know, coaching changes happen every couple times a season, almost at those youth levels over there. And, you know, and, and then on top of it too, it's, um, you know, you're trying to, I think development also happens when you're comfortable off the field. And I still think of yes, for, 100%. For, for an overwhelming majority of teenagers, um, you know, it's best when you can live close to home. Well, if you're 18, if you're right. 18 and you're going to Germany where you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, you don't go down the street and you can get a McDonald's or a Chipotle, right. then you're not going to be comfortable. So and you're not even making much money at these, you know, these first contracts. But if you can get a good homegrown deal, like I use Brendan Aronson. I mean, that's what a phenomenal great that was, you know, like and there's a lot of those guys like Tyler Adams. And even in Canada, they're doing it with like guys like Alfonso Davies. Um, you know, it's, you know, you can make, make real money here. And then when you succeed here in, in the domestic league, you walk over at like a much, like if someone pays a transfer fee for you, they're going to play you at the first team level. Like it's like, you're going to get a shot and, and you're, and then it's up to you to take it. Like you might not get a shot and you might be good enough, but you might not get a shot just coming up out of the Academy. And then, you know, if you lose a couple of years over there, you're losing a lot of income and a lot of there's no development better than playing first team minutes like and um you know i was watching tejan buchanan for club bruges um you know for on the canadian side of things and and he was great for club bruges that was the best he looked um, and what, what what a success story in the sense american educated yeah uh, plays in major league soccer and then yeah. gets noticed and he is on a rocket ship and he's going to play in a world cup now you don't think like Sarah, even when you consider like college soccer, you don't even think like it's not that that's not an ACC school. I mean, Syracuse, I mean, look, and, and you had Miles Robinson and Tejon Buchanan, like within years, within like, you know, back to back seasons. Um, if you, you can imagine they're playing, they're going in their head. They think they're going to be playing in Europe or playing at a World Cup, but it can't be. 
it's got to be in the dream process. We go, may I think I can get there, but I'm here right. playing at Syracuse in college where college soccer, another, another thing right. that is, you, you, you think of this is not the place I have to be if I want to reach these levels because yeah. it's got its limitations, but they did it. Uh, Daryl yeah, DK. You know, Miles was a good case too. You're talking about other sports. I mean, the guy was a phenomenal basketball player too, just a great athlete. And, you know, and he had options to, to, to go, um, really high level in college with basketball, but just went soccer, um, really worked out for him. I mean, you know, that athleticism has been key for him, you know, and Tejan's just, you know, different, you know, all, has the same athleticism, different skill set, but it just shows you, you know, it's like, I mean, um, you know, you, you start here, the, you know, the, you're, you're going to get shots. Um, I mean, you know, Kevin Paredes, if he went over to Europe and tried to go up, climb up through the academy, I don't think he would have made it as far as getting a $7 million transfer fee to Unbelievable. a league team, you know, and, you know, and, and, and he made some money while he was here too. So even if he, let's say he blew out his ACL, um, you know, in that first year, never secured it, he'd still be on like a four year, uh, three, four year um, homegrown deal. So, you know, things work out, you know, it, it's, it, it's a good deal to start here. And the league has improved to the point when, guys are going over there pretty quickly and, and, and it's not long before they get a shot um, to show what they can do. Um, you know, it's sometimes they're not just disappearing into the academies and it's not just, you know, like a, like a wish it's um, it's, there's a real chance they're going to get playing time. I and mean, even Justin Che, who, I mean, if you watched him at Dallas last year, you, you know, you're thinking that this guy is, is, you know, he's hovered around the average level in terms of his performances. Granted, he's, he's got the upside, he's young, he's got the athletic thing, athletic build. But now you get the fact that like, you know, guys who aren't necessarily even top MLS players, but just because they're young and athletic and they bet and teams are willing to bet on the future of players that are turned out in this league. Like, like Brian Reynolds is another good example. I mean, yeah. he was starting here in this league for, uh, I would say two to three months it wasn't even that long. No, it was um, in, it was a, an incredible. It was just when Reggie Cannon left in August, yeah. and then and then and then Juventus and Roma were coming in with competing bids in November. Um, you know, it's not a lot of time, and uh, you know, used to, but then that's going to open up a whole nother debate as to are we selling guys too soon? Do you yeah. want to wait for the guys to be two seasons into dominating in this league, like Aronson and Adams? And then they go over, they're almost sure bets when they go over versus like, sure. yeah. you know, more or less gam high, high price gambles. Well, the Ricardo, Ricardo Pepe is, we, he came in and we yeah, weren't sure. Know, and he, this is, look, this has been the wrong club. I mean, it could get better, but right now it's not, couldn't get much worse. I wouldn't say he's done it because of the price tag and what, you know, an FC yeah, Dallas I mean, has to do it, but it's yeah, I mean, not. $20 million though. No, no team is going to say no, no matter how, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's not a thought in mind, but you know, I think, you know, it's going to, it's still in a process of the, of the market. MLS has entered into the global market. Now it's, now it's the market and MLS has been willing to sell and, and listen to offers they've been buying. So now it's comes down to like whether teams, you saw teams, okay, we'll buy a Tyler Adams for, you know, he's been here, although that's kind of an inside deal um, because they were, they were both common ownership, but he was going to get a Bundesliga deal no matter what. But the point is, is that they wanted to see him like almost best 11 after two years, I mean, he yeah, he walked away with like five thousand minutes of MLS under his belt at a high level under Jesse Marsh. You know, like that, that's a good level. I mean, you know, Alfonso Davies. But teams were starting then saying, okay, well, there's got to be more Tyler Adams and there's got to be more Alfonso Davies. We're, let's go in and buy younger when we can maybe get in cheaper and get them even younger. And then that's kind of showing mixed results now. So now it's going to be kind of like maybe let's wait and see and and maybe we'll get back onto the Tyler Adams, Alfonso Davies path of, of, of buying them when they're maybe two seasons in. Yeah. Uh, better, it, it's a better it's sample the market, size. It's the, market it's the market figuring itself out. So it's kind of interesting to follow and, and um, you know, and, and it'll, it'll find a level, you'll find a regular pattern well, here. Developing. The investment from these European clubs is much more than it was. Cause I remember it would be scraps. We would, we'd have a player in major league soccer 10, 15 years ago, you know, Clint Dempsey and they'd, we get him for four million, which is an absolute. I think it was four million at the time, which was a steal. Yeah, they turned down. Um, you know, everyone was all upset, and Clint was really mad his last year because they turned down a Charlton deal for like it was like three. And, it's crazy, or, or two and a half, and then they ended up selling him to Fulham for like a, a million and a half more pounds. But yeah, you, know, look, well, you don't get no more no more good deals. I mean, you, yeah. you have to pay, and I think the, the, the do you think that 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 run of moves with Buchanan with Daryl DK. 
Ricardo Pepe adjusted the market where it's not going to go back. Now, are we going to get $20 million transfers? Probably no, but we're not going to get yeah. a good young player going for two, three million. You know, there's a, yeah, there's the a DK, price the, set. The DK mute deal was, was, was um, they were buying it more or less on, because he had some experience knowing that he could dominate in the championship. Um, you know, that was a little different when you set him on loan and then he shows he can dominate the league. Yeah. And then everyone kind of, he becomes a little bit more of a short bet. Now he's on the bench with injury now but um you know that there was a lot to it there and that might be a path too as you loan and then you attach options to buy you're seeing that now a lot with cole bassett and james sands and justin che those are not full transfers those are like and dante seeley was before that yeah and, well, um, and jordan morris and uh uh yeah, paul, Ariola. paul Ariola. but these guys injured but it was I, I thought it was really cool that the championship is looking for those players because that's a great spot for some of these American players because it could be a springboard. Well, that's another League. level. That's a good point. And, and those, you know, everyone can sell, any league can sell now a top young player, like, you know, a teenager, maybe 20, at most 21. I'm kind of interested to see what happens when MLS can sell a 26, 27-year-old because then all of a sudden you're looking at, like, not development, but you're looking at, like, okay, this guy can produce here and now. And, uh, you know, let, let's go get an MLS player that can, that can produce results for us now. Um, Cause that's, that's going to be it. Now, not a lot of leagues are doing that now. Everyone's selling young kids. And it, that's the truth in, 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 um, you know, in a lot of leagues throughout Europe is like, um, you know, Belgium and uh, Portugal and Denmark, they all realize they got to sell kids. Um, but, you know, that eventually will correct itself too, because, you know, there's only so many places you can sell eventually for like, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, the buyer, the, the, the buyers are so far, there's so many fewer buyers than there are trying to people trying to produce young talent. So, but I'm kind of interested to see what happens when, 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 uh, when the 25, 26 year old guy can happen. And it's not, that's a different market time right now than, but eventually that'll come. Everything's cyclical. Yeah. And it seemed know? like Aaron Long, was going to be until he exactly. had the injury, but that seemed like maybe the profile of a player. Well, he got the offers. Yeah. You know, it was just actually, and people think it was MLS or not wanting to sell. That was actually people in Austria didn't want to sell them. They want, they want the New York team to be, remain competitive. Are oh, you talking about um, Red Bull? Oh, so right, that's, Red right. Bull wants, yeah. The Red Bull wants the New York team to be competitive as well. I mean, it helps the young kids there that they have now, um, you know, the Tolkien's, the Clark's, trying to uh to have like a guy like long there too it helps their development so uh, you know but yeah there was the long did earn those offers um you know and but then of course when you start getting to be that age in mls you're a known product and you help teams win and then you get the dp deals like i think walker is going to get a dp deal you know i think there's there's you know it would make sense if walker zimmerman gets a dp deal then all of a sudden you're looking at like a like a guy who has a salary in the millions of dollars. And so that becomes a little what a, tough. What a great crib. So I think really when we, when we discuss this and you're, you're thinking and you're really, if you're a fan, you like the Americans going to Europe and you like to follow the Bundesliga and the premier league and right. La Liga, you, you, you would, you'd be doing a disservice if you weren't locked into major league soccer, especially right. if you live in one of those marketplaces, because you're going to see it and you'll get a chance to see these players because uh, right. they're going to be here because it makes sense for them to stay you here. So if you're listening, invest in the major league soccer, come in and, and, oh. and watch it grow. I was watching the, uh, the uh, obviously the LAFC game uh, this afternoon and the FC Cincinnati goalkeeper who went to Indiana, his name escapes me right now, Centennial. Uh, yeah. But well, whatever. It, but I looked at him, I go, he's good. He came out of the university and he looks like a guy who could be a top keeper. And all of a sudden, maybe you, you project a year or two and he's drawing some interest. And I would also say, these kids that are 16, 17 that are playing bigger roles in MLS, like Slonina with the fire, Obed Vargas at Seattle. And these yeah. guys are going to draw interest if they haven't. There's this Chelsea link. So these, these, if you want to play and you're 15, you might be able to play at 16. And by yeah, 18, you're you're gonna finish product. You know, and it's, it, yeah, right. You know, if you, it, it all works together. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the NBA needs like, you know, North Carolina and Kentucky and UCLA, you know, it's, it, they all got to start from somewhere. And, and Georgetown. Look, yeah. Georgetown. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, everything is a developmental league, you know, and, and everyone's a selling league. Um, it's just a matter of finding your level. It's like, look, the Premier league is a selling league. I mean, if you're, if you're a crystal palace and you're like, the, and you're like a 19 year old kid at crystal palace and you're like school and you're like in the top 10 
in goal scoring in the Premier League, you're not going to stay at Crystal Palace very long. You know, you're gonna you're you're gonna get bought up by like you know the Liverpool's, Chelsea's, Man City's, what what have you. So yeah, Leicester City's a great example when they won the title and they had Conte and Mares right. and McGuire um, and these guys that all went and you know Leicester put all that money in their coffers. Uh, big money, you know, 30, 40, 50 dollar transfers because of the success that they had at a club like that. And they all right. go. So to, to make to help reinforce that point. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 all fascinating. I mean, it's it, it and, is. And it's a big it's a big system. I mean, look, if you if you only want to watch the best, you know, it's like, yeah, you're gonna watch the champions thing a little else, little, little else. But if you really want to get involved with the the you know all soccer is local. I mean, you know, if you really want to, you know, get and see what the sport's about it's always starts in your own backyard, your domestic league. And, and, and you go from there. It's, it it all plays a big role. And every team, I think that's really, you know, every team needs a good, every, every proper soccer country, you know, when regardless of the numbers of the current players on the national team that are in that domestic league, you need to have a good domestic league, not just for like the players that it produces, but just for your overall soccer culture. You know, you can't just be, you know, watching it, you know, having the club soccer be a foreign thing and then, and then letting like the national team, you know, then all of a sudden expect your national team to be good. It's just, you know, it's, you know, it's just very important. And then obviously the, the, you know, your own domestic, and this isn't just, you know, the United States, it's, you know, it's Mexico, it's, it's Brazil, it's Argentina, it's everyone that's outside of the big five in Europe, you know, like, you know, the domestic league is still really critical to, you know, no yep. matter, even if Brazil chosen an all European based team, like the, you know, the Serie A Brazil is massively important to Brazilian soccer. Yeah. And you'll still get those, some of those Brazilian players crack the national team, or there maybe they, they just right. moved to the European league and certainly I built remember, their profile in Brazil. I remember when, remember when um, the Copa Libertadores final had River and Boca. In yes. It, and the one that was, they had to play the second leg in Spain because yeah, of the they fan. Played it in the Barnabal, but did you see, who was fighting, who was, who was on hand in the box seats in those games. It was messy. It was yeah. everybody, you know? like all, all those Europe, all those Argentine players based in Europe were, were, were trying to get to this game. Like they yeah. were, taking, they, they, were, they, were they, they were there, you know, yeah. it was, they would play for these teams. I mean, they always talked about Messi going to Newell's the money just wouldn't match up, but maybe he's a bit of a romantic. I wouldn't put it past him that they want to get back. Maradona did this and, Right. Come back and played with both the juniors. It's, 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 it's in the culture. Almost Tevez. Yeah. You know, and, and it's who they are. And, you know, it's, um, it, it, I thought that was really, really cool to see. And, um, you know, you just, and on top of it too, it does exist here among the players. You know, I remember, um, when I, when Ricardo Pepe was breaking into the national team last fall, I was in a, in a conference call with Tyler Adams. I was asking him like, how does it like with Ricardo Pepe, you know, with breaking into the team as a top teenager in MLS and, and, and when you were breaking into the national team as a, as a top teenager in MLS, Tyler was like, yeah, I was watching this guy. I, I follow all the box scores. I was watching this guy. He appears in every box scores. They watch the league, you know, Weston McKenney was, you know, keeps up with the league, you know, I mean, he did a press conference down at Dallas last summer. That's reason to watch MLS because Weston McKinney's watching. There you yeah, go. Yeah, You know, it's like it, <laughs> the it, coolest it, it, guy on the national team. team. You know, there's, 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 there's pretty good attachment levels to it. Uh, so it, it just goes to show that how thorough this covering the sport, because you're not wasting your time if you're watching the Brazilian or Argentine league, because you're seeing oh. this great talent. I get to call some Copa Libertadores games. It's very, I, I really enjoy it, but I mean, there's so many hours in the day yeah. to watch all this stuff. So it's, it's close to impossible. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's all one big system, you know, I mean, you know, Americans abroad is, you know, it's your right arm. MLS is your left arm. Like it's kind of has to work together for everything. Very, very well said. Now we've talked about how the system works. I want to talk about the current state of affairs because on my YouTube under the soccer OG, which a video will be up uh, Monday morning, you'll be able to check it out. Uh, I, I tell everyone how fortunate that the World Cup will start in November and it's not starting in June because I don't know if the U.S. are in prime position because of what's happening with Americans abroad. Christian Pulisic, up and down. Chris Richards, yeah. out for the season. Gio Reyna, out for the season. Weston McKinney might come back yeah. out for it's the season. It's been a really tough season. Well, yeah. It's not just the injuries. It's guys not playing, you know, playing right. less peppy. I, I mean, mean I think that he's not getting the only... American in the top five in the in the big five European leagues. It's hit two thousand minutes this season. Wait, who's so this? Hit two, 
What? Who was the player? Okay. So it's, there is, there's some success stories there, but they're right. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just right now is not great. And some of the guys, like we mentioned, Paredes isn't playing. Joe Scali's playing less. The list goes on and on. And I know it'll correct itself because it always doesn't if no other reason, the health, but are, are you concerned a bit? I, I'm just relieved that the World Cup's not coming up in June because I don't think the U.S. will be ready. The goalkeeper situation, all our guys are either backups or injured, the top guys. Right. The number nine, yeah, I mean, it, Jordan Peefock's the only guy scoring, but he doesn't seem to be a fit for the national team. It's a, it's a bit right. hairy. I mean, yeah, a guy like Jordan, you just, I mean, if, it, if the team doesn't have guys, wingers that are set up to just lob in crosses all day long, um, you know, it's not going to work. Um, you know, it, it comes down to how you want to play and, and who are your fullbacks and your wingers if you want to get Peacock involved. I'll just say that about that. You know, do you, do you think he should? Uh, he still, do you think he gets another shot and then he yeah, could maybe I do. figure I mean, it out? He's scoring at such a good rate, I think so. Um, I think in the end, you know, when you're chasing a game and you need a result, you know, you, you, you play unorthodox systems when you're really going forward the last 10 minutes. Um, at that point, you're putting everything in the box. Um, we've seen games get like that. Other teams are bunkering and, you know, and you're pressing. You want someone like that in the box. I, I think, you know, it, it, when you're chasing the game, there's, there's, there's just, you need someone who can just be a garbage goal scorer. I mean, there's such a value in that. Like you, you say it like that, but that's very high praise. Oh, it's, it's score garbage goals. I mean, chef's it was kiss. Easy, everyone would do it. You know, <laughs> it like, was easy. everyone says know, about, uh, what do they call them? Uh, um, I mean, is he going to poachers, yeah. goal poachers? I go, yeah. that's great. Poach away. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if, is he going to, I mean, look, I mean, so many things in the, the U S number nine is just, that, that's obviously what everyone's talking about. And I follow the youth teams too. And that's been a problem with the youth teams. I mean, like Sebastian Soto hasn't really worked out and like number nines, all these last U 20 cycles really haven't produced anybody. Now there are people now starting to break through who aren't playing for the national team you know, and but there's the Americans that are scoring Haji right in Turkey, Abobasi's back to scoring very well. And, you know, in MLS and you know, Brandon Vasquez in Cincinnati, he, was, he didn't play today, but he has five. You know, Ferreira has been had a great season so far. Um, but, you know, you see a guy like Peefock, it reminds you that the system really has to work. Um, it comes down to how you score, how you think the pieces are going to generate opportunities and whether the number nine, you have the number nine you have is the right guy to finish those. But yeah, look, it's it's been a tough season. Um, the the minutes just haven't been there for injuries and for form, and you know, uh, and yeah, you hope that the start of next season, it, 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 there's no guarantees. But you know, you're looking at a lot of Americans are going to get relegated this year. Um, yeah, I, I, I would think that it would encourage Greg Berhalter to look towards Major League Soccer in a pinch for certain yeah, positions. I think- so I wouldn't be surprised if the the World Cup roster looks a little bit different, if not medium amount different than the team that was there to finally qualify. Yeah. I think he has a good idea of a lot of spots. Um, I think, I don't think there's as many open spots as, uh, as, you know, uh, barring injury um, you know, you can walk through it and you kind of have, let's say for like center back, you know, I think it's going to come down to four out of like a pool of five or six guys. Um, You know, the fullbacks are kind of known. Uh, it, it, but the thing is with June and September being the only time there's going to be games between now and the World Cup, plus the fact that they don't have like that month long run up to the World Cup when the national teams usually, to, you know, it used to be like the team would, would sequester itself the send off, together yeah. a month before the game started. And, and there'd be like, you know, trials and tribulations of bonding and everything like important, these, important stuff. It's very important stuff, but it's so different. Now it's like the, the U.S. team gets together and then, you know, they, they, they break with the national team because the U.S. is playing on the first day uh, of the tournament that there's six days between the, the last club game. And when like, there's no real time. I mean, the amount of time to break in somebody who's new is, is very small. So, yeah, I think that September window is going to be more or less like uh, gelling the squad in June. I think he might look at some new guys, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to have to be some, the, the burden of proof is going to be on the player. It's not going to be a real, uh, unfortunately fair shot to break it. And I think the, 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 the safer choice will probably prevail in the incumbent. Um, 
you know, uh, you know, to, to all, it's going to be the, the, the new player is going to have to build a case to overtake an established player. By the way, this is why I, I, I give high marks to Greg Berhalter, because when they first started qualifying in September, there was these reports that most of these players have never played together or, or even practiced together or been in a camp together. Yeah. So had to do that. But now we have a nice yeah. finished product of a core group of players that have had that experience. And that's invaluable for the reasons you point out, because they're not going to have this month going in. Yeah, so when I they mean, get look, to Qatar, look, they better be ready. There's, there's some things I disagree with Burhalter on, but then there's also Dude. some things you have to realize that this is probably the youngest team that anyone's really tried to qualify a world cup for. It's not easy. Um, you know, there, there is a veteran. All these kids are doing experiences for the first time. That's, that's well, what right. Hard. I mean, exactly right. And, and also when you look at like some of the best U S teams, like everyone talks about the 2002 team, that team was built on, I mean, that team didn't qualifying. Wasn't really easy. I was at RFK when they lost to Honduras uh, with only like towards the end of, of qualifying. It was their third loss in a row. Um, you know, there was a lot of injuries and, and, and it all kind of came together just for the World Cup. But like, you know, you remember like that team was what got that team into the World Cup and succeeded at the World Cup was veterans. Um, guys like Claudio Reyna, who were not just like these young kids at these clubs. A lot of these guys are just, look, when you're at these big clubs, they can absorb young players like and they can absorb their errors and their youthful mistakes and stuff. And then, you know, and then but they're, then when they come to the national team, they're expected to be like, finished products on this team, you know, and there's no one, there's no Claudia Reyna who maybe was the man city he played with was, was different, you know, like oh, yeah. that wasn't <laughs> like the man city today, you know, like was, the back then their best player it was, was like, but so it wasn't at, like the best premier league team. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, like, wasn't even I mean, a premier league team. Best, it wasn't like, even a premier league like a lot McBride. of time. Yeah. I mean, they were, they, they but like when you look at like guys like McBride and Reyna, like those guys were, were in the Premier League. They weren't on the they weren't on the level of teams that these current players were at, but they were important to those teams. They were more important than a lot of than Pulisic was to Chelsea. Like McBride saved them from relegation. Like he was the guy, and Dempsey was the guy. Like these were all guys who were massively important to those teams. And this team, you know, I give Burhalter credit for that because He's trying to, yes, there, you know, there's, it can be a little misleading when you look at the quality of the clubs and the big size of these clubs, when you realize that a lot of these guys, they're nice players for these teams. They're guys that these teams believe have big futures, but how many of them are immediate must have impact players for these teams. And there is a maturity that goes along when you are an impact player, even if it isn't the biggest player, even if it isn't the biggest club, um, you know, it's just, it's just something to be said about that. It was interesting about 2002 because I remember I was we followed the team and Chris Armis was a lights out player. He was so important. Yeah. He got injured right before and yeah, everyone was worried, but right. then they were able to resolve it. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'm, let, well, let's leave it with this. The U.S. team, how do you think they perform? I, I think that they get out of the group. I think they I, I, I would predict that they kind of run with England, but lose that game. Hopefully they get some points in the first and Iran is going to be fascinating for so many reasons, but that's a very good team. I would hope they could get a victory in the first, maybe a point in the third and get some help yeah. England in the other games and, and then have a shot to maybe make the quarterfinals, but which would be amazing because this is a team that's ranked 15th. They're having some issues with their personnel, but they're, they're in the top 15 in the world. They're supposed to make the round of 16 and, uh, they've got a favorable draw. There's no doubt about it. It could go, it could yeah, pear shaped, but I think that by the, thankfully in November, we'll have some answers, a young team growing into it that should have some swagger. So I say, yeah, I'm a little worried about the draw. I'm a little worried about the draw. I think, sure. I hope that it's, if it's Ukraine, I think it's trouble because that's just a emotion that you don't want to deal with. Um, uh, you know, you can respect Ukraine. I mean, I, heck, I think it's a great story if Ukraine advances, but like from a U.S. perspective, you're going against the darling of the world. Everyone's going to want Ukraine. To, and then, but the, meanwhile, if you get one of the other British teams there, those teams are all going to be looking ahead to England because that brings yeah. emotion on that level. That's a great point, man. That's you a know, really great point. Iran, Iran, you know, you're playing like the one of the biggest, one of the biggest Middle East teams in the Middle East. Like that's emotion too. I always, I call this the group of emotion or the, not the group of death, but the group of drama. And, you know, you know, you're, you, you have to see what kind of kids show up. Are they going to be the reckless kids who don't have, who don't understand it? And that's to their advantage, or they have guys who are just going to come out and like, you know, 
Iran's a, Iran's really close by. You know, you look at a map. A little strip of water look, between Qatar and Iran. The, in the uh, right, and then you're going to walk into a big the Arab Gulf with a, with a lot of Iranian fans. Like that could be very. I mean, it's and you got these young kids and and they're and they're and they're absorbed in these political things that they might not really even fully understand. And and meanwhile, but the Iranian team does. You know, um, so it's it, it, it's tough. I I think um, they certainly have a chance. I think they're going to be like this young and exciting team that people are going to be kind of drawn to. Maybe it, it, maybe they look like they're not quite like ready to make a long run yet, but everyone I think is going to be able to see that this is a team that, oh, wow, this team's hosting it or co-hosting it in a couple of years. And these guys are all going to be 27, 28, like, holy cow. Like, I think people are going to kind of look at, have walk away from this team with that kind of a view. I think that that's probably the most likely situation, but they're going to take some lumps. They're going to surprise people for they the are. better in other cases too. It's going to be a mixed bag, I think. Um, you know, but I, I just hope that that drama thing is going to be really the most important story to me. But, and to me is, is getting something in that first game. And you, and you just yeah. gave something I didn't mention before that Wales or Scotland, and I don't think it's going to be Ukraine because they, it's just, if they do, it would be one of the great sports stories. Their coaches on the front lines right. in Kiev. It's, I mean, it's unbelievable. If you, if, if you draw through. Ukraine, you know, and then you like, everyone's going to be cheering for them. Like if they make the world cup, like then all of a sudden, if you beat them, it's like, you just killed Santa Claus. It's like, <laughs> it's like, no, one, you know, it's like, you're like, no, one Americans will be going, how could you do that? I know. It's like you interrupted, like you, you, you ended the made for TV movie, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, Wales, it, I would also add Wales and Scotland will let you possess and LA, uh, LAFC, uh, the U.S. have had a lot of experience possessing and trying to break teams down. Not always successfully in these qualifiers, but at least they've had a look at that. And I think that they should they should be able to get something. But I, I agree. This draw, we, we say it's favorable, but it certainly has some teeth in it for the U.S. Yeah, on the flip side, though, too, it's like the U.S., all these kids grew up watching the Premier League. They're going to be jazzed for England. Um, of course. You know, it's gonna, and, it's gonna be a so fun thing because it's gonna be open. Yeah, it's, it cuts both ways. Um, I mean, I think this English, this is this is one of the better English teams I've seen. Um, it's the best know. one I've seen, and that's why yeah. I tell people this is not the English folks coming here we go again. When it was the Beckham, Skulls, Lampard, Gerard, those were great players, but it wasn't a team like this. This is yeah, another, you know, it's just you know, I just think it's the Premier League's the best, you know, is better. And, you know, it's the best it gets the golf, but it's the best league in the world. And that gap is is increasing, um, you know, and, and again, just having the benefits of that league in their backyard. It was much Premier League's much better than it was in the 90s or early 2000s. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and I think that has just made the English player. Yeah. better. And the best coaches are there, too. So it's right. a lot. But we have a lot to talk about it. Brian Sharetta, great to chat with you. Anytime. We love this stuff. And uh, we all we, we, we will continue to talk about it. And hopefully we can unearth some gems in the next few weeks and months before Qatar kicks off. Thanks, Max. It was a pleasure. Oh, awesome. And enjoy the next Fish Show and enjoy yeah. McCartney. We'll be back with stoppage time here on the Soccer OG. Time now for stoppage time as we have a... A big picture look at what's happening in Europe. The leagues are winding down. They're going to end sooner than usual because of the World Cup being in the wintertime, November, December. So everyone's got like four or five games to go. We're here. We're at the end. And we'll be crowning some champions. We crowned a champion over the weekend, in fact. Bayern Munich. By the way, there is no celebration I like better than the Bundesliga. And it's basically for most people's lifetime watching Bayern Munich celebrate. But they get those big, those big tall glasses. I forgive the steins or whatever of beer. And it's like frosty cold. And they throw it on each other. And when it hits the players, my mouth starts to water because I want <laughs> that beer looks so good. Makes you want to go to Germany and drink beer. So uh, there was a nice moment where Bastian Schweinsteiger, former Bayern player, was uh, on the broadcast team for ESPN. And someone, Thomas Mueller, hit him with a full giant beer i apologize i should know more about beer terminology considering i do consume a fair amount of it so there was a it was a it was a just a beautiful spectacle and these guys have such a good time i think we should adopt that more here in this country no it's a waste of beer there's no doubt about it but there's something when they get the slow-mos of the beer going 
anyhow, uh, I've had a couple conversations about the Super League and whether it's it's dead or not. I don't think it is. And no one needs a Super League more than Bayern. Now, the Champions League would be the tournament that would be affected by it. But man, that league is just going nowhere. I mean, it's the same thing. We're going the Der Klassiker. It should be called the Bayern Kick Assiker. I apologize for that. That's really terrible. They have won their 10th straight Bundesliga Shield. They have won 10 of 11 versus Dortmund. Dortmund played pretty well. Still lost. It's not a rivalry. You can't call this a rivalry. It's so one-sided. No one's catching Bayern in, in, in Germany. It, it gets close for a year, and then now it's going further and further away. You, there has to be a team in Germany that can take the shield away because there's teams in every other league that are doing it. And we've seen Bayern, you know, lose to Villarreal in the Champions League. So what gives? This isn't all-conquering Bayern Munich, yet they are all-conquering in the Bundesliga. So that league has its issues. The city uh, has a great run-in. Milan at 74 points, Inter 72. They've pulled away. Napoli third, Juventus third and fourth. Roma, uh, someone else down there trying to push to get those Champions League spots. But this league has also struggled in the Champions League for, for the longest time. They had that nice story of Atalanta. Roma's made a couple quarterfinals. Juventus has made some. But they're out of the quarterfinals this time. And I don't see them closing the gap. This league is got problems. And... Italy not making the World Cup, not going to help. Sorry, my voice gets so high. You, It's hard to really get engaged with the Serie A for that reason. Some great games. And look, uh, Milan-Inter to me is the biggest rivalry because they share a city, they share a stadium, and the history of it. It's hard to put another rivalry in front of it. I know some people are shaking their head. No, Rangers-Celtic, Manchester United-Liverpool, Boca-River-River-Boca. I, I, I did a deep dive in this. And when I put all the data and criteria, Milan Inter won out in my eyes. And it's going to be good that the Milan teams are at the top. Hopefully it's an exciting race, but this league's got to figure it out. They're getting some good coaches in there, but they got to, they got to get the results. So you have that. And then you have La Liga. Uh, they had the Copa del Rey. Uh, it's a great story about Joaquin and winning it for Betis, and he's going to come back another year. He's 40-something, so uh, one of the truly remarkable talents of our time. But by, uh, Barcelona, injury crisis, and they played Rayo Vallecano, and they were awful. Could not hit the side of a barn. I've never used that expression before, but I use it here. And Barcelona, who did so well under Xavi, are hitting a wall. There's no doubt about it. Cadiz, they lost one zero. Rayo, they lost one zero. Out of the Europa League, they th I think they have enough to stay in those Champions League spots. And a lot of folks that I spoke to are telling me that they, there's nothing for them to play for. But they better be careful, man. There's plenty to play for. And they have a game at Betis, who is the team that's in fifth that could sneak into the top four. If they lose that game, there's problems. There's plenty to play for. So uh, something else in that game that was peculiar, Serginho Dest has been the fall guy at Barcelona. Can we agree with that? And he was a fall guy again. He uh, made a mistake. It was a bad one, and Barcelona scored. And he's going to be the fall guy because they lost one zip. But the real story is that Barcelona can't score goals. You don't, you don't get a clean sheet at, against Rayo. But he was pulled, and according to Moise ESPN, great writer who covers the, uh, the club, Pulled as a punishment for not following scouting reports being beaten on the run in the video. They saw that and go, you're out. Well, what's the scouting report on Usmani Dembele? Because he was a disaster. He came off the bench. But what's the scouting report on Langley? On all these guys? It's just not good enough. So lay off my guy, Serginho. Finally, Liverpool and Manchester City. We're seeing something very special here. One point lead for City with five games to go. Uh, maybe neither one of these teams drop points down the stretch. I, I looked at it, and I think Liverpool's schedule is a little bit easier. However, Liverpool have an FA Cup final against Chelsea. They have Champions League, as does Manchester City. They might face each other. I think the money is on a City-Liverpool final. So, really, in the words of Martin Tyler, drink it in, because you're not going to see anything like this, I don't think, 
where these two teams so dominant in England and perhaps going to be the final two teams standing in the Champions League. The other two teams are Villarreal and Real Madrid who could have a whole Spanish final, but that seems like a real long shot. Manchester City have their demons in the Champions League, but what do they do? I mean, Pep's got to be up at night wondering. Liverpool could win four trophies. City could win two trophies. How do you get it right? You got to win the Champions League if you're City. So fascinating stuff to keep you occupied. Really log into what's happening in in England because that's going to be fun to watch. One last thing about England. Sean Dyche dismissed at Burnley. People went bananas. How could they let go of Sean Dyche? He's a legend. What has he done for Burnley? Well, and I'm not blaming this on Sean Dyche, but sometimes you do need to make a change. And the room was read at Burnley that the team wasn't performing for one reason or the other. So they dismissed Sean Dyche. Mike Jackson, caretaker, took over. Has won the last two games. Burnley out of the bottom three. I'm not saying they're in the clear, but if this holds up, that was the right decision. It already is the right decision because I think they would have been DOA in six points to, uh, I think it'd be Southampton Wolves. Those are good teams to beat. And then they're here. And Everton now hanging over the precipice. Can imagine losing Everton to the championship. That would be a shocker, but it's looking more and more likely. Drink it all in, as Martin Tyler famously said. The Soccer OG, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, share, tell a friend. We'll be back again next week. I think we're going to get Winalda back. We'll get Winalda and we'll have a good chit-chat. Until then, this is Max Bretos, the Soccer OG, Placido Domingo.